welcome back everybody to the free agents podcast back here for episode number five of the traders us season two another murder another banishment and a whole lot to get into today i of course am matt alongside my silly billy from philly and manili with a pocket full of chili brian skilly skelly how are you oh hello hello i'm good i just had my boiled eggs so i'm feeling great this morning excited to talk to you and our guest about the traders very validating that our guest has video on so i was able to see her laugh at that um i appreciate the validation <laughs> uh welcome in to uh this podcast episode here today jenny autumn jenny how are you I am great. I am not interested in any boiled eggs. I should just get ahead of that. I'm very anti-boiled eggs, but I am very pro uh, this podcast and this uh, TV show that I didn't think I was ever going to get a chance to talk about. So um, I'm very happy to be here with you guys, and uh, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I got in before things are things that feel like they're about to fall apart <laughs> for one Dan Geesling. Um, and you know, I'm not the biggest. Let me just get ahead of it. I'm not the biggest Dan Geesling stan. I'm not a like I'm not a non fan of him. Like I have I absolutely but so so it's not like it's not the end of the world. But I'm like I obviously want to be watching him do his like his stuff. So uh, I'm glad that I get to talk about it before it all completely falls apart, which feels like it could be as early as next week. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Besides the the Dan of it all, have you been enjoying the season so far? Yeah, so I'm not like a huge traders like historian. Like I haven't watched any of the international um, ones. Although now I um, I've been talking about it with Phil. Like I think I'm gonna start the Australian season one um, shortly um, to go through that one. I think I just gonna take my time. Although I hear that the UK is like the the best one. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. So is Australia though. Yeah. So I mean, I'm having I'm having fun with it. Obviously, I really like that this season we're getting all people that are. Um, at least on some sort of show. Um, not that I'm like super familiar with everyone, but obviously it's like if you're going to be bringing in Sandra and Parvati and like CT and Bananas, rest in peace, uh, and like Janelle and Dan Giesling, like, you know, people that I've watched on their shows um, and then like other people that aren't just normies. Um, I will say that I still don't feel like it's very equal when you're doing a competition game like this, but this is more my speed because like it's the it's the Avengers of it all. It's like bringing yes. all these people like I never imagined seeing these people having a conversation. It was very much how I felt about like covering House of Villains. Um, so I'm totally in for this um, and I've been having a really, really good time watching it. Like I feel like the five episodes thus far have all been really entertaining. They have, and it's it's only getting you know more exciting with each passing week with the traders. Uh, we Scally left off with the cliffhanger last week of uh, Phaedra was not happy with Parvati, and it, we were like, well, Parvati's not saying a word, and it did seem like a little bit of uh, clever editing there to make it seem like Parvati was in more of a shell shock than she was. But she did genuinely think that Phaedra was was mad, and it was pretty clear when they got to Traders Tower. Uh, they cleared this up pretty fast though, and apologies were made, and Phaedra accepted, and they all got back on the same page. Yeah, I feel like everyone that knew Phaedra uh, better than probably we did coming into the season was like, this is not getting repaired. Um, so I was impressed to see on both ends that they were able to sort through this. And, you know, Parvati obviously was like, I was not sure if you were playing it up for the roundtable. That's my bad. Like, I was not meaning to throw you under the bus at all. So I was glad to see that they patched things up because... 
I do think that had this like continued to fall apart, the traders could have like all brought each other down with this argument. Absolutely. And even uh, Dan is, is oh, I'm glad we, you know, we're able to patch this up. Uh, meanwhile, he's the one who's also in confessional, uh, you know, saying that he's he purposely lit the stick of dynamite here, which, uh, you know, he had said, but also I'm a little questioning, like just how much he uh, can or should take responsibility for all that. But that's uh, kind of irrelevant at the moment because everything is all patched up. Um, Jenny, they're going to make their murder here. It's going to be between Sandra or Tamra, uh, because at this point they are uh, just trying to cause the most confusion possible there was a little bit of concern uh, at least on my end but probably on everybody's end thinking that this was going to be the end of sandra here and i wasn't ready to let sandra go personally without seeing parvin sandra have some kind of showdown which i'm hoping yeah. is still coming so we escape that we lose tamra yeah and it's, i thought this was interesting because like so we see the preview of of parv and phaedra last week you know continue on here and get pretty much like you know completely dealt with really really quickly and the thing is, is like parv is not an like a big like drama argue type person so i don't think that anyone should really be surprised that she wasn't gonna go like super toe to toe like i think that she kind of knew her role here and was like and she said it herself she's like i didn't know if you were maybe like playing it up which, you know, it maybe is great for us to not look like we're really mm. on the same side if we're trying to not both get sniffed out here. Um, so, you know, she steps back and she basically says, like, listen, I'm sorry. And like, we, we're going to do what you want to do here. And so, you know, when the two names get brought up of, of the main targets being Sandra and Tamara, like, you have to, you know, you start thinking like, okay they're probably going to take out Sandra, right? Like maybe the perception that, you know, even though they seem to have patched things up that, um, you know, Parv and Sandra have played a game together. So take, take out one of her pieces. Um, but I, I think it's kind of like wild that they, they put it in Phaedra's hands and then she takes out a housewife after they just do this whole thing about, you know, at, at the at the um the round table in the previous episode like it's it's got to be some some sort of housewives and it's like i like it and i don't like it for phaedra because like i understand that you know she's she sees like this is someone that's kind of random and confusing to people and i and i get that but it's like if there's starting to be conversation about well there's you know a bunch of like housewives here it's got to be at least one of them comprised in the traders. You get rid of one of them, and suddenly the the if that is if that argument is taking precedence in anyone's mind, like you are now a higher probability yeah. of being one of those people by taking out like a, one of the numbers. Um, like I understand the rationale of like everyone knows I'm loyal to the housewives, but I just thought it was like an interesting choice when they gave. Phaedra literally like they said it's in your hands what do you want to do here and like this is where we ended up yeah I did start to wonder about the merit of like oh people are looking at the housewives because it's a very obvious like faction maybe if I take one of the numbers away we will be a less obvious group at this point it's only two of us you don't have to worry about us anymore and therefore less eyes will be on me because it's very possible that when okay we need to vote out another housewife it's not Tamara and it falls on me instead so now when that faction is a little smaller it's not so um, apparent then I can slide back under the radar rather than taking the one in three chance of being the person that it falls on uh, but I still was very surprised I did get the chance to 
watch this episode uh, at a uh, with a bunch of people, kind of a little viewing party, uh, and people were definitely uh, screaming for joy when Sandra walked in the room. But I know that Housewives, you know, Tamara's a controversial figure to say uh, the least. I think in the Housewives franchise, but I'm sure very devastated as well there. Yeah, she was definitely uh, sad. She gets that confessional where she, of course, opens up the uh, traitor's notice to find out she's murdered. And she was uh, crying a little bit, saying that this was uh, way worse than the housewives. And she was uh, hoping that a housewife isn't who murdered her, which, I mean, uh, it was. Um, am I crazy? Or are these postmortem shows not showing who uh, they're not showing the murdered contestants who the traitors were well, like that I thought was the plan here? Am I just not watching it <laughs> either. Yeah, correctly. Are we all watching? I don't know if everybody's watching it, but um, I'm not watching it. So I, I just <laughs> think it's else. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they normally do? Shows. No, but I thought that that's what they were saying that they were going to do. Um, what they should be doing. That's what they certainly yeah. should be doing. But I Canada did. It was fun. Because <laughs> it'd be nice. It's nice to see like the reactions to people like finding out. Yeah, like, um, I want to see her find out that Phaedra was part of the decision and, ma- and made the yeah. decision. Um, as far as Tamara goes, um, she what did she bring to the season? She brought a, a lot of Kevin accusations that fell flat, and she brought a <laughs> she podcast. She just hated Kevin. Like she just didn't like, <laughs> did like the, the shots of her watching him eat with his mouth open, like were also deeply relatable. I was like, <laughs> I, I feel you in this moment, Tamara. But it was very funny. And and what else will I remember her for is uh, creating a traders podcast that I believe she made just so she could do one episode with Janelle, who was also sent packing in this episode. So the two of them could vent together uh, about the people in the house that they don't like. I genuinely feel like there's a world where this podcast does not have a second episode. They just wanted to do this one time. <laughs> so we'll see. about is that, that. Can you have a podcast if it's just one episode? I think that's just like going live. It's literally it's <laughs> like the, the podcast has a name. It's like traders talk with Tamara or something like that. Um, <laughs> it looks like it's going to be uh, like she wanted it to be a consistent thing, but I still also feel like it was just for the two of them to commiserate together as they probably, you know, became friends on their flight home. I don't know. It's a short conversation. It's, yeah. It's, it's Trader's Talk <laughs> with Tamara, but it's like, no one promised a certain length of conversation. <laughs> right. So when Tamara is uh, going to be, again, the one that's murdered, uh, breakfast is going to start off uh, this week of, or this round with a lot of heat uh, throughout this entire episode, you know, placed firmly on Dan Giesling. A lot more to get into with all of that. But just uh, to cover breakfast while we're here, he uh, everybody comes in, you know, as, as normal. Uh, CT Tamborello uh, drops a not today. Satan, which was much appreciated. Um, I, I could never imagine he knows, you know, the originator of that quote, but um, that's okay. And I did not realize that Bianca Del Rio was the originator of that statement. Neither did Jofo. I feel um, like I had heard that before I ever started binging Drag Race. So that's very Oh, funny. really? I, I, I mean, I didn't like look it up, but I. Like what year feel... was that from? Because I feel like, I feel like it's right. just. I, yeah, I don't know. It's like time is so confusing for, to me, but I feel like I've heard that for like ever. Like you could Same. tell me like, oh, it's uh, it's actually an a, like an ancient term. And I'd be like, yes. oh, OK, they, like they, it's they biblical, actually. Yeah. Oh. They <laughs> were the my Bible, first words. Today, <laughs> 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 and in a sense. Could be believable, uh, depending, <laughs> depending on who said it and, and what they believed in. Um, exactly. So, yeah, as everybody comes in, uh, the heat really gets turned up uh, after CT is going to kind of open the floor and right across to Dan Giesling, uh, ask him, as everybody in the house is doing, Scally, for one name, just 
any names, Dan? I mean, you, you know, last week or the week before you said uh, you're still thinking about it, but like surely by now you have a name, right? This was tough. I mean, I think that there's so much discourse about Dan online where it's like, what the hell is he doing? Like, Dan, was he not the game player that we knew As versus people being like, no, you don't get it. This is Dan and he plays from behind and this is like not any different or like you know, we can't look at the traders and evaluate how he is as a big brother player. So discourse is everywhere on Dan. Um, I do think that he's being too quiet here. I think the refusal to throw out a name at all, as well as uh, later in the episode where he's like, I, I just, I'm going to tell you tomorrow. Like, oh, you need to a night to come up with your lie. Got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, well, uh, that's all right. I, don't go. Go. Yeah, I was just gonna say the the other thing is that it at breakfast, CT um actually even gives him the out of being like, you don't even have to say a name. Like, what are you like, what are you thinking? Like, do you have any, you know, like theories? Mm -hmm. Like, cause he literally all, all he says is like, Oh, I'm just trying, you know, me, I'm just trying to connect that red string between the murders. And CT's like, it doesn't, you don't even have to say a name. Like, I understand it puts a lot of heat on you if you're going to literally say somebody's name out here. Um, at this point, he's just trying to get, like, give us some sort of theory or connection you can make. Like, we know you're smart. You you can say something that might show us that you're, the, that the wheels are turning and you're actually, like, thinking about this from a faithful perspective and putting any of this together. And that's where I think it was bad for him is that he wasn't really even doing that. It's like, it's obviously later in, in this round or whatever, him not saying names becomes bigger, a bigger of a problem. But at this particular breakfast, CT is like, you don't, I get it, man. You don't even have to say a name, but like, where are you thinking about some of this stuff? And just asking him to like, you know, verbalize your thought process as a faithful. And he doesn't really do it. So that I think is part of the problem is that it's like not only is he not giving names, he's not really giving like, a, you know, at least from the edit, any sort of like thought pattern or theory or, you know, ideas that sound like how you would think about it as a faithful. Yeah. And they're begging, begging him to give anything at all just to not even like. No, it's not even like everybody's out here trying to help him by saying, Dan, for your sake, give us something because everyone's looking at you. They're saying like, for our sake, for me to even think of a world where you might not be a traitor and me to make sure that I'm looking in the right direction, trying to find a traitor. I need to either clear you or just put it firmly in my head that you are a traitor. So just give me something to make me think that it's not you. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to think it's you. Well, I just I'm still working on my theories. I'm still collecting data and, you know, I'm still trying to connect the lines and, and I just want to put the pieces together. And I so I feel like I'm not going to be the person that is able to correctly figure out what's going on in Dan Giesling's head. Uh, there's probably not many people out there that can genuinely get to that place, maybe even besides Dan himself. But it's just like like because because I imagine, you know, the one of the one of the if not the most strategic mind of like reality television competition of all time uh, is not, you know, like he's aware of what he's doing. He is very aware of what the heat is coming onto him for. And like, and the fact that he's not saying names is making uh, the target on his back bigger. He knows what's going on. It's not like he's blind to this. People are telling him left and right, but he's still kind of doubling down on this plan. So I just wanted to get a deeper insight onto why he's continuing to do it this way. I guess there's a little bit of maybe by not saying a name, like if he, if he's going to say a name and he's going to throw out, I don't know, a Trishel, uh, 
that is probably going to put Trishel in a position to then target him 10 times harder than she would have otherwise, because now Dan has said her name. And if there's already a troop gathering to vote against Dan, all he needs at this point or doesn't need, you know, is that person to have that fire to really go all the way at him like Janelle did in this episode, which she didn't even have that fire from him targeting her. She just knew <laughs> anyway because she knows Dan. Um, so all he needs, I guess, in his mind is, you know, to not, uh, he just doesn't want to have that person or any, you know, any group of people feel like they have to go after him now because he's thrown their name out. And I get that because to an extent it's it's working and it's it, there's nobody until Janelle coming super hard after him. We had the you know, a couple of votes ago, there was uh, two of the housewives that were coming at him a little bit and trying to get the discussion going, but it was not as hard as I think he is afraid will come again if he puts the name out there. But he, I, I don't know. That's the thing is that it's hard to say because on one hand, there's the obvious like, what the hell are you doing? You're not saying any names. And so now your name is coming up because you're being viewed as sketchy. But at the same time, Ligori, like you said, when a couple weeks ago, it was, I think, Larsa and MJ who were yeah. really saying Dan's name. And so if by that logic, he was going to throw out a name and like isolate a couple votes, you would think it would probably be in the Bravo group uh, at that point in the game, where now all of a sudden this week, you have MJ coming up to Dan and being like, Dan, we need to save you. Janelle's coming after you. And so it's like he could have all of a sudden got to this point where there is this movement against him and he has isolated MJ's and or other housewives votes and been in a lot more trouble. Right. Yeah. And like th that's tricky, too, because it's like there's there's an argument to put some heat on MJ. But then it's like that's someone that he's got that is coming to him and and seemingly trying to help him now so then he's like have this conflict of like you need to try and keep enough people that are faithfuls and seem to trust you or are at least giving you information to your benefit and combine that with like putting it putting a name out there that would make any sort of logical sense from and and so it's like I get it it's completely hard for him for him and I just think like Obviously, you know, you mentioned the discourse about it all and like, what does this mean? It's just like, it's not, it's, yes, it is a strategic game. Yes, he is someone who has shown us that he has the abilities to play a game like this super well. But the the thing is, is like, it's still just not the same game. And it's like, I think that we have to start looking at these things as like separate experiences and not say that it means he is like the greatest of all time, no matter what, or it means he is no longer mm -hmm. that this somehow like tarnishes like some sort of legacy and how this has been played because it's just like the way I look at it is it's like not really the same thing. And I know like you guys like talked about this a lot with Taryn that it's just, you know, coming in with that sort of reputation makes the game intrinsically harder no matter what side of the table you're on so i have a hard time like using this to have some sort of like gauge or commentary on whether dan is a good player or whether his wins were like you know like or his win and like getting to the final two um were as impressive as we see them or saw them. Like, I just don't feel like it's the same thing. And I really struggle with how, you know, I like that at least this season we have all reality TV people, all people, like everyone is a name, mm -hmm. but 
everyone there's conversation of like well obviously they're going to pick a couple of traders that are from these like big competition shows like they're going to want to have someone from survivor they're going to want to have some like have someone from you know big brother or the challenge like it makes sense to have at least one or two of those styles of shows represented in the traders so now already you're like people are starting to look at you that way and if you have that sort of reputation it's bad for you no matter what like it's, yeah. it would be bad for him if he was a faithful too um so i i don't know i just like i just feel like we should not be ha having a conversation about it in comparison to how he played big brother because he he can't even play this game the same way he played big brother. It's not, it does yeah. not have the same game functions. No, it's just, I, I like it. I, I I'm having so much fun with what we've been, you know, uh, able to watch lately in, uh, you know, you look at Suri as a prime example last year, getting to play two different games than what she's used to. And on the traders, she came in, she crushed it. She absolutely murdered the competition and did such a great job. And then she went on big brother. And while she still, you know, was able to use her skills that she comes into these games with in a way to, you know, maneuver herself to yet again, make it to the final five and yet again, have a pretty good handle on uh, a good majority of the game. Uh, but she did struggle in a lot of different aspects of the game. And Dan's coming in here who same exact thing. Uh, he is doing pretty well in certain aspects of the game and struggling in others. It's just very fun and interesting as reality TV fans, or at least speaking for myself to be able to see these players who have already mastered their previous game and done very well in their previous games. You know, Suri doing so well in most seasons that she get, uh, goes on survivor Dan, you know, I don't have to even go any further with that, but, um, and then just to see them try to play a different game and just the, the obstacles that come up with it alongside, you know, their legacy that they're bringing into these games where Kate Chastain is going to sit down and be like, well, Dan, you win everything. And that's the first thing she says to this man, because that's the reputation that they have. There's nothing that they can do to avoid it. So it's just interesting. I, I hope that we continue to see this kind of, and we will because uh, traders is continuing to cast and make more seasons. And uh, I don't know if the success of Surreon big brother is going to bring in more survivors or anything else onto the show. But um, I, I am always intrigued by the concept. So. Yeah. Or or do like a season of, you know, a bunch, you could have multiple people from, you know, games that have a social strategy component and then also do a, a game that it's all people that haven't played a social strategy mm. um, reality show. Like there are enough people on everyone's wish list at this point that it's like, it's almost like combining the two makes like a disadvantage for everyone in a way. And I think that I would almost love to see like one game play out where it's all reality TV people from, you know, games like Survivor and Big Brother and like, let's let's throw the challenge in there. Or, and I'm probably blanking on, on <laughs> other options of like strategic style, um, you know, reality games. And then also like, then we can get like, you know, people from Housewives and like The Bachelor and, you know, Drag Race and like those people that have never played like a this kind of social. I mean, and it's not to say that there isn't elements of that kind of it's, it's, stuff it's in those shows, but it's just like it's not a game like it's not a game in the same way. Um, the and Traders, I just would All like Housewives, to see all of that would be iconic. <laughs> all yeah. Housewives on the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, like, it would be a different show, but I think it would just, I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to see it that way. Like, obviously, it's fun to get it all together, but I just think that because of the way the show yeah. works, it's just like, 
you're always going to have a spotlight on these these kinds of people that have played that that sort of game before and it's going to make it hard for them no matter what what role they're playing like we see this happen with you know Janelle who ultimately goes out here because I mean it's not just boiled down to the fact that she played Big Brother a bunch of times but it's just like you know that people are like looking at like okay who would they be picking um to have as a traitor and like who has this kind of you know the skill set and it's just like those sorts of people they're gonna think that at least one or two of them are gonna be represented on that traitor so like yeah I don't know that's why I'm like a little worried that they like ruined the meta <laughs> moving right. forward based yeah. on the traders picks this season. And why I find like the Phaedra pick so fun is For that, sure. you know, she is doing really well uh, and seems to be maybe even the best socially uh, at this point of the traders. So I'm hoping that they give more people like Phaedra a shot in future seasons uh, so that we don't walk in here and it's just like, you know, oh, boss and Rob's here. Well, that's obviously a traitor. <laughs> well, here's the thing and we have to we have to remember that the this the season started off with only two traders just dan and phaedra and mm -hmm. they recruited parvati um and i think that there's been some conversation about you know obviously this is a very dan heavy conversation week um because of the events that have played out in this episode obviously we're gonna get to it but um there's a lot of conversation about like did dan fumble the choice like Ooh. should they have should they have recruited somebody different? Like, you know, I think that most people after those first, uh, was it three episodes? Um, were saying great choice in, in it being mm -hmm. Parvati, but like maybe, maybe the situation is different in that if they had chose someone different, I don't know. Like, I don't even really have an answer on that, but I think it's like an interesting thing to talk about. It's just like, well, we can't necessarily say like, Oh, like, they put they put Dan and, and Parv at such a disadvantage. They're like, well, technically they picked Parv. Like she was not chosen <laughs> to be a traitor. There are literally only two traitors. So at first, having only the two, having it'd be Dan being like, yes, of course, obviously. And I think we'd be saying that the same if it were Parv or Sandra. Um, I think we'd be like the the three top names of like that being like, yes, of course, like please make that person a traitor. And then Phaedra being like such an awesome and like unexpected, but like very, very solid and great choice. It's like, I almost wish that they didn't recruit right away. Like, I think that I wish that they would have just done a different group of not a different, like maybe those two. And mm -hmm. then instead of having them recruit right away, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on it. Like maybe like they should have just done three from the start, like the first season, but I, I do think that people are, people are definitely saying like, you should have recruited Janelle over Park. That's what people are saying about Dan. I'm, I'm not going to be able to agree with that all the way. I mean, especially, I I, I don't know. I, I, we see how it played out. Um, I think Janelle is just always going to be messy and always going to mm -hmm. be sloppy um, if those two aren't the exact same thing. Uh, and I feel like she's going to uh, turn on Dan just as quickly, if not sooner, uh, as a traitor than she did, you know, knowing that they could have been working together while she was a faithful and he was a traitor. So, But I, I guess like what, and I don't even know where I stand on this argument i just think it's like an interesting point mm -hmm. given the events of this week's episode i just think like janelle is going to be messy and if she's going to be a messy trader then that's someone who's more likely to be banished before you mm -hmm. and if that's if that was his rationale of picking parv where it's like she's a good shield um people are going to be like you know suspicious of her as a trader just because of who she is um why not pick the person that you have 
already like somewhat of a working relationship or friendship with who also knows you better and is more is going to be the more likely person to sniff you out if they're yeah, on the opposite it's, team. Mm, it's tough to have both. You can't really necessarily yeah. have uh, the traitor ally that you want to work the whole game with, like he's doing with Parvati at the moment, and also the person mm-hmm. that you want to use as a shield and have them, you know, you so you can throw them out, you know, right in front of you and uh, get the attention on them. And then, you know, oh, we caught the traitor. So it's hard to do both. Um, and but like, could you not be like, they're not going to make two of the big brother people traitors. Like you could be using that. Like they're not going to yeah. make Dan and Janelle yeah. traitors. Like I think that you can like lean but into that as an argument. They they do the faith. Yeah, oh, they, they yeah, the faithfuls know. did now. Yeah, yeah I out. forgot about so, that. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's hard because there's just so many things that could lead into it. Because apparently, Parvati was much more vocally defending Dan at this uh, table than we got to see. So, like mm-hmm. on that hand, Parvati was a great recruitment. Uh, you know, because a lot of the traders sometimes will just like, all right, like I'm gonna let your ship sink and I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. do anything about it. Uh, whereas, you know, a lot of people are looking at. Um, well, there has to be one male traitor and like of the people left, it's got to be Dan. Well, like, OK, the people that have left so far, like, I don't think many people were, expect- were suspecting Deontay. Uh, maybe like, OK, Bananas, Max, Marcus, like maybe we could have thrown something on there. Uh, but I just think that Dan was always going to be kind of suspected early. And when you then add the meta on top of that, yeah. it is yeah. definitely a tough position to be playing from, unfortunately. Yeah. Let's get into uh, talking about uh, there's a lot to get to with Dan, but let's talk about another man who uh, was trying to lead the faithful uh, on the right path here because they had a target in mind and uh, really thought that they could, you know, execute something here. And uh, that, you know, MVP faithful of the week uh, won Kevin Kreider. Ooh, okay. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, oh, no, he got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, no, Kevin and his silly little plan. Uh, we'll get to that more when we talk about Janelle. Uh, but the person I mean, he probably he's thought... MVP for the traitors. Correct, correct. <laughs> uh, he's correct MVF, person... most valuable faithful. <laughs> the correct the person to talk about with that intro that I gave is, of course, uh, the bachelor himself, uh, the windmill man himself, Pilot Pete, uh, who has been. I stand. Scal- I stand. <laughs> <laughs> so does Jofo. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> throughout a couple episodes, we've we've seen him popping up here and there, and I feel like it's been you know like enough so that we know to pay attention to him. And then in this episode, really like, all right, here is this player that is about to be a very key player in this stage of the game, if not longer. I know. I'm like, oh my god, it's 2019 all over again. I'm standing, Pilot Pete. Look at <laughs> me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm back on board. I was surprised to have this like strategy minded player woken up all of a sudden like in pilot pete not what i necessarily expected i definitely liked the casting better than ari coming into the season but i wasn't necessarily thinking that we were going to be getting a power player so i'm very excited to see that he is becoming so active in the game i will say so i um i picked up like I think it had to have even in, been in the first episode, maybe Ooh. I can't remember, but I know in the first drop of episodes, I was like, I saw something. I'm like, damn, he's smart. And I, I will admit, I had fallen off of Bachelor around the time of his season. So like, I like, I, I think I'd like seen clips from mm-hmm. his season, um, and I knew enough about like the lore. Like I know about the windmill. <laughs> I know he was messy. I know that he's like, you know, gone through like a bunch of 
um, people from his season all in one go. Um, but I don't, I don't, I didn't really know him or his personality. So I definitely went into the season with not really high expectations, um, which was great for him because then he gets to completely wow me. Uh, but I saw it really, really early and I was like, he's smart. Like he made a few comments about like how he would look at things. And I was just like, Oh, he's like, he's good. He's actually smart. So for it to, to come into this episode and like where he's really just, he's fully exposed himself for the smarty pants. He is. Um, I am so here for it. Uh, like I, uh, here's the thing. I'm, I'm still, we're obviously still rooting for Dan to come out of this. But you can't tell me that you watched this this episode and you weren't just like, wow, like, okay, Pilot it's, Pete, like, yeah, let's it, go. It's bound to happen eventually. I think we all came into this season knowing, you know, Dan is on a very limited runway. And if he makes it past a couple of episodes, we'll be satisfied. And it, it does feel like we're getting to that point. I mean, we'll get to this maybe more towards the end and previewing next week. But I mean, it, it's hard to see, you know, his game going on for too much longer. And of course, you know, knowing that or, or or suspecting that coming in, you're like, you know, thinking that it's going to happen to him, but you never think about who it's going to happen from. Uh, and then you see Janelle suspecting him. Maybe it's Janelle. Uh, but for the, for this to be, you know, the pilot Pete crew with uh, all of these people by his side, you got Bergie, you got John Burkow, you've got uh, Kevin kind of, uh, you know, towards the end of the episode, we see them all grouped up. So to see this middle group of all these guys coming together, led by Peter, uh, this be the group that takes out Dan, like looking back on it, it's not going to be as fun as if it was like Sandra that called out Dan. And it was like one of these bigger players, but I mean, you have to give Pete the credit. You have to give him, you know, he's been not just now uh, and not just in this episode, but he's, you know, he, he just has this idea that it could be Dan. He keeps saying it's gotta be a guy. Um, and you know, at breakfast, he's talking to CT and John being like, I don't think it's one of you guys, even though when we see him enact his plan about telling the lie to uh, the people he suspects, he does go to CT, he goes to Dan and he goes to Parvati. So, you know, successfully clocking two out of the three traders, like you have to give him his props. I don't think anyone's not giving him his props. It's just mm -mm. mind blowing to, to me to, you know, see this happening, that it is him. Um, it's not like I, you know, came into this thinking he was going to be a total flop. I didn't know enough about him uh, and how he would play a strategic game like this to have any sort of idea how it would go. But it's just very funny that one of the emerging characters, uh, you know, gameplay wise from this season is the bachelor dude. Uh, it's it's <laughs> unexpected, but it's it's working. I, there was that article that was talking about like, oh, we're missing the newbies from the traders and we, we don't have this chance of new reality stars rising in a way that the first season uh, allowed, maybe didn't succeed but on. Did it really uh, happen? Did, yeah, did exactly. you, any of these people become new reality stars? <laughs> like, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, but I think that like, I don't know for a certain audiences like you first of all are getting introduced like there's no one hardly anyone uh that has seen every single like moment of every person on the show and yeah. then like even for Pete like I have watched both of his seasons and am, I would say pretty familiar with him but I am now getting to see the start of Pete as a strategy player and like that's fun right. to get that like you know genesis on the show and that's what like brings me back to like countering kind of like what I said earlier, where it's like, okay, like maybe we try this with all people from like one type of show and then like, you know, do another with other type of show. But it's like now I'm kind of like, yeah, because when you have someone like, you know, Pilot Pete from the freaking Bachelor, uh, you know, meta, like 
you get to see this kind of stuff and that's really, really fun. It get, but, but it's also like, man's a pilot. Like he's not dumb. It's just, <laughs> like, we've never you, been able to teach you this see... in pilot school. Well, <laughs> that's what Kevin wanted to know. Um, you know, like we, we go in with these sorts of um, thoughts about, you know, these people because of the type of show that they've been on, but it's like, We've never seen Pete play something that required strategy. He literally says it in a confessional in this episode where he's like, this is the opposite of The Bachelor where you have to put emotion aside. Don't You don't lead with emotion. You lead with your head and that only. And so it's like, we shouldn't be shocked that Pilot Pete is like actually super smart and stu- super strategic. We just have never had the opportunity to see him in this light. So that is part of the fun thing about these shows is that like we don't need if we're if we're going to be throwing reality TV people in there, we don't need complete random normal people. Um, and here I'm all for giving other people a, ch- a chance to be on reality television but it's like i'm also just trying to make this as fair as possible um like obviously it's not gonna be super fair but i'm just trying to make it like at least so you're watching something where it's like you can think that there that it could go a, a few possible ways and not just be like this is going to be harder for these people because of a this is going to be harder for these people because of b it's gonna be easier for these people like i just you can still get that feeling of like watching someone kind of blossom on your, you know, on your TVs without having to be someone that is like sight unknown that you've never seen or heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the next coaches season of the traders that happens and pilot Pete comes in <laughs> rather than like a Dan or Janelle is going to be very funny. Um, <laughs> it, it was such a contrast, uh, you know, watching Janelle's gameplay throughout this episode while she was pretty much pairing herself up with Pete. They seem to, uh, you know, have a, a pretty strong connection. There's this group that Janelle was specifically calling the faithfuls because she was so convinced that so many of these people were faithfuls and she correct for the most part um so pete being one of the people in that group and then we get to the mission we'll go back to the mission i know jenny's excited to talk about it especially um <laughs> but we'll, uh the the result of this being that uh Bergie and trichelle walk away with the uh shields and pete comes up with this plan of let's make sure we don't give any information right he, he was the one that came up with it and then he's also yeah. coming up mm-hmm. with the whole lie to then go tell the people that he suspected with all of this so watching him mastermind this entire sequence of events while you know janelle's following lead uh trishelle reality tv you know uh veteran in games uh, in seasons of the challenge following his lead uh you know it's not as impressive for like a burgie or a kevin to be following the lead but you have people who are seasoned reality com- uh, competitors following Ke- peter's lead because he has a good plan and it makes a lot of sense and it, it it's working it's by the end of the episode it's spinning the traders in circles enough where poverty might have clocked it and we'll get to this you know more later uh at, but Dan doesn't see it. Dan Geesling doesn't see through Peter Weber's plan. And I don't know that I just said that sentence out loud, but it, but I did. Right. I, hold on. Let me just double check. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. <laughs> like the fact that we could be in a world in which like pilot Pete has this over Dan now. Um, I'm not all that surprised uh, coming from Dan. I feel like he is the type of player to go absolutely 100% all in when he thinks he needs to. Uh, So I'm not surprised that he's taking a shot if he really feels like his back is up against the wall. I just question if from the show is his back that much up against the wall where the Bergie name is all that different from, let's say, a John who seems to also be voting against him. Yeah, and I also think that, like, I mean, 
Dan also does have a tendency to like underestimate other people. Like I yeah. don't doubt his um his ability to get himself out of these positions. We've obviously seen it. He does he says that he he plays better when his back is against the wall and we've seen it happen. But I think that this like, you know, what ends up being a fatal error or probably fatal error uh here is is underestimating Peter and I, I think we've seen him do a little bit of this before in in other games where um it's not that he thinks that everyone else he's playing with is stupid but I think that he maybe just doesn't see some of the things in other people and and how they're they're thinking and that they're also playing a game at the same time right. um mm-hmm. and maybe in a little bit of a different way um but I Here's the thing. I think it's hilarious. Like it how I love the absurdity that it's we're talking about Bergie from Love Island and freaking <laughs> Pilot Pete the Bachelor like pulling one over potentially on Dan Geesling here. Like that's why this show is great, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't think it would be as fun if we just watch, like, you know, came and just watched Dan completely like wipe the floor with these people. I mean, maybe okay. Well, we did see what we saw Sari do that, so and it was very fun. But <laughs> I, I just think that like you want there to be the possibility of this. Like, I'm and you actually see kind him of crawl glad. his way out of it, which he's trying yeah. to do. Agreed. We don't want it to be easy. Like, I want to see him under fire. Like, if he does somehow get out of this, then like. That's great too. Um, I yep. want there dis- I want to see like it be a challenge. I don't want it to be a cakewalk. And I think it's funnier that it's the, you know the the people that are going to be you know a challenge for him are the people that we least like you know suspected <laughs> that it would be like it's not Sandra. It's not um it, like it's not Janelle. Well, I mean it kind of was Janelle in a way, but like not really leading the charge here. Um I don't know. I just think that that's really fun. It is. Um do we want to I guess while while we're around this mission get into it, Scally, did you uh enjoy the bird calls? <laughs> oh, I love them. Did you have a favorite? <laughs> is my question. <laughs> um Janelle actually like the one thing she was good at in this episode was making a bird call. So I'll give her credit for that one. Uh, The dog bark one was pretty funny. Uh, Jenny, you, I think enjoyed this one. This. this Oh my gosh. Here's the thing. It it is, is not any secret that anytime there are uh, competitions and challenges on shows, I tend to uh, black out, uh, you know, go on my phone sometimes if I have the ability to uh, fast forward, if it's not something I'm covering. Um, And so I was glued to this. Like, I was like, this is for me. Thank God that they gave me a challenge that I actually found so entertaining. And, and it was different. Um, I loved the concept of, um, you know, that there were different parts of the garden that uh, you would have to go to to do the bird call and that there was one specific spot that there would be shields. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like it was freaking hilarious. Like the, the people you had out in the garden, first of all, the pears were like chef's kiss. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just think like it was so perfect. Like Kevin and Sheree, like just... Ha- not being able to read maps. You got lost. You, Beautiful. Yeah. You got the, the the gamers that are planning a whole thing with uh, Janelle and Peter. Yep. And then you had Bergie and Trishel actually accomplishing the the point of this, getting their shields and saying some insane bird calls into the uh, the walkie talkies. It was all just a mess, but it was, yes. it was great. And it then was... watching 
Sandra and like Parvati and CT running around in, in the CT castle. especially. CT was incredible. Like, like, like imagine so he ran funny. the final like that with his arms flailing. <laughs> <laughs> like they're all running, and I understand the point where it's like you hear you hear it once or whatever on the little phone thing, and then it's like you have to keep doing it so that you remember what it sounded like. But it was just, it made for incredible TV, watching these like reality TV Titans running around. Alan's the going, up. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is beautiful. Like, this is so good. Yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you hear them the first time, like, yeah, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> running around in chorus, like all saying the same thing. Well, Alan's making faces at the camera. Like that was, uh, look, I usually say that like I'm full in on Claudia in the UK, but like Alan had a really good episode for me uh, with these faces, with the commentary, laughing at everyone. Uh, so I thought this challenge, like you said, CT running around with his arms flailing, everything about it, like added up to like, I was almost like, I'm excited to rewatch the challenge. And and we <laughs> even get a, a moment from our favorite showmans throughout this CT and Phaedra standing at the podium and CT's just being silly. And so Phaedra silly. says to us in confessional, I just adore CT. He is so silly. So silly. Yeah. That second silly hit different, you know? So silly. That's like, her castle daddy. It yeah. Is. And mine too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it. I get uh, it. And the little hat is doing it for me. CT's <laughs> like journey in this game. I tweeted about this from uh, from our free, uh, free agents account. His just like every episode is just him trying to, you know, be a good faithful, get some information, try to suss whatever out. And then by the time the round table comes around, somebody calls him out and then he's like, well, fuck my shit. Like, I guess I'll just go vote for you now. Uh, yeah. Every single episode. He doesn't like to be called out. And then it, reason goes out the door and it's like, you, you, you say my name. I'm going to say it right back. Well, I guess like, I got to vote for you now. For, uh, yeah. Well, you, yeah. You made it pretty difficult for uh, me. here. I can't um, trust you. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah no i it's it's hard to watch because it's like damn it ct like why are you voting janelle here but anyway um <laughs> i wanted to ask a question about the challenge though uh besides like you know we don't have to talk about what your favorite bird was because i honestly can't remember the names of them now they all had incredible <laughs> names uh there was mrs fluffy fluffy pants i believe um but do we think it was edited in order because um, the one thing I thought about was there was the scene where, you know, the inside crew are on the phone being like blue, like green. Have you found anything yet? Blue. Have you found anything yet? And um, it made me it made me wonder, like, because they got I think they got to they, they were hearing from Trishel and Bergie more. And so I wondered if that played into, um, you know, Dan and and Parv and Phaedra maybe thinking that of the three pairs that Bergie and Trishel probably didn't have the shield because they were more active in like giving them calls, whereas like blue team and green team were just like MIA for a while. Mm -hmm. And that that playing into the knowledge that like if there's a shield available, Janelle is going to get it. That's like, what the whole obviously, but yeah, that, that was the philosophy behind their plan. Yeah, right. But like, also, I'm wondering if like n unintentionally as part of the plan, just the very fact that like 
it seemed like Bergie and Trishel were just like getting to the posts better um, and were gave them the first, you know, call yeah. before they even got the shield that that maybe played into. It's like, well, if we didn't get a call from um, like Kevin and Sheree and, and Janelle and Peter until like later in the competition, that probably means that like those are the two teams that were going for the shield first. So I still think that it was kind of a wild choice to be even taking the chance, um, you know, trying to get rid of someone that could have a shield. But I wondered how much thinking about the order in which they got sh- calls from those pairs kind of led them to think who might be the most likely uh, pair to have gotten them. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Because um, I feel like I, we got the two calls from uh Bergie, at least in the edit we got the the first one that was just a regular one and then the one that they got with the shield like right after that and i was like was that in order because if they got two success or, well they don't know that it was successful when it's happening uh calls from that pair right away before they get anything from the other two like i could see why you would think like they probably didn't go for shields that's all that's why i was wondering yeah. if it was in order and how they showed it in the edit but yeah. Anyway, I'm just trying to like make some sense of like, <laughs> why things end up going the way they do. That's all. I'm just trying to make sense of it. <laughs> Can I bring in a, uh, a a live social media uh, segment uh, update? Ooh. Um, we have a tweet here from at Fillard, uh, who oh, may or may no. not be listening oh, no. uh, in on this podcast, but uh, I don't know if he's watching <laughs> Only the episode one third right of now. It. Uh, is <laughs> tweeting, Pilot Pete is playing, and that's great. But I'd love if he could, uh, if he would walk into breakfast flapping his arms and pretending to be an airplane. Hashtag the Traders US. <laughs> um, so Phil, you know, still looking for more from Pilot Pete. Meanwhile, uh, we're getting that from at least CT. <laughs> he was true. Yes, CT came to flap his wings. Uh, no, this is true. So he actually said this while we were watching the episode. He was like, he's not doing enough of like the pilot puns, you know, <laughs> like I want there to be more. Um, so this is a real take from Phil. Um, but I think later in that episode, he said something. Oh, I can't even remember what it was, but he was like flying under the radar. And we're like, there you go. Oh. There you go. Flying under the radar. <laughs> so, but we would like to see more of this. I, I agree with Phil. Like, you know, this is, if you have a cool career, we, this is, we've had this ruined uh, by Big Brother, but I want there to be more puns about <laughs> your vocation make it happen let's <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> let's make it happen um scally did you have any uh thoughts on the traders all deciding to play the game inside rather than going outside and go for a shield yeah i thought it was surprising because even i think it was was it pete that clocked it who said like all of the traders are in the castle every single one of them and that's bad <laughs> like if they were to just start voting for everyone that's in the castle like you're gonna start hitting targets real quick yeah, so i mean uh, I, I get like wanting to not be as loud as everybody else and like stand out amongst the crowd like you know for i'm looking at like a parvati in, especially to like not be like i need to be outside like pushing her weight around like everybody else was janelle's like it's a dogfight out here um so maybe just keeping a lower profile but then you don't look like you're fighting for your life like everybody else is. So, yeah, yep. it's like trying to find the balance of like looking like you're trying too hard to come off as a faithful and not really doing it at all. Um, yeah. And I I really think that they needed, even though they're not all grouped together um, as one piece doing this, like 
knowing that there was there were going to be people that got a shield um they needed to have some sort of representative out there to to possibly get some information um or possibly get the shield so that it's not in the hands of somebody one other person um mm-hmm. that maybe they need to take out um so yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, we didn't get to see really if any of them fought that hard. Yeah. Um, did any of them even put their hand up at first when they no, did like the, the that's a thing. That's what I was gonna say. The problem I think is that too many people did raise their hand that genuinely were like already fighting for that spot, uh, that yeah. wanted to be outside. And I don't think anybody that was on the inside team was necessarily part of that group. Like CTs being like, Well, I'll, I'll go wherever you want, just whatever. Um, so uh mj maybe was considering uh wanting to be outside or i don't know if she was just fighting for the people like maybe she was just fighting for janelle to not be outside who does get her way and gets to be outside um but i think there were too many hands in the air that were like because they they could only do what was it like six and six or something so yeah 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 maybe just not enough room but they still you know if i'm uh poverty i again I, i'm gonna go specifically to her because uh dan is gonna be like oh i'm just you know i'm a quiet guy go quiet inside i don't want to run around and uh phaedra and sandra had their whole uh we don't want to run thing so you know poverty is the only one that i'm looking at without an excuse there but i don't know like how do you uh, push the like the proper way here you know yeah that well it's that's tough. the thing is that i think it's tough in general but especially from these three who are not like the loudest players to mm-hmm. default um like if dan is you know, so quiet 99% of the time. And then all of a sudden just like completely changes his personality and is really like pushy and loud to get to be able to go outside. Like that's going to come off sketchy, even if it is in the attempt to get safety. Uh, You know, he tried in other rounds like the scarecrow round, but that was a lot easier. We didn't have to like argue with people. He just went ahead and did it. So um, yeah, I think ideally one of them would have made that move, but I don't really know who the best would have even been where it would like fit their personality yeah i don't know i think that you can also still assert without being like loud and and aggressive about it and like you know someone like dan could more so just be like just kind of persistent about like how serious you feel like you need it and again it could go it could go either way which maybe that's why um you know we have to understand the decision not to but i just I think that best case scenario, you get the information you need and, um, you know, you might also look super faithfully while you're at it, which is some something Dan really needs here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really would have liked to see see it happen. Um, I don't know that, you know, the course of events go majorly different, but it, it could have been like if Dan, if Dan is out there and included in that six we we ultimately i don't think get the course of event the exact same course of events here you know like dan is probably going to have some sort of intel on who has shields if it's not him yeah um yeah i just think it was it was definitely a misstep and and i wish that yeah it was probably needed to be dan or parv that that stepped up and Mm -hmm. and said that they needed it or that they really wanted to be out there or something, or they haven't gone for it and they feel like it's like only fair or something. I don't know. Use whatever argument (laughs) you want. I don't know what the right (laughs) one is, but it just didn't even seem like it happened is what, or I'm like, come on. Yeah. 
Um, I think we need to get into now the last big player uh, throughout this episode, and that is our uh, banished player, Janelle. Uh, throughout this episode, obviously, we see that she uh, is aware that Dan is a traitor. It's, uh, this was, Scally, you had uh, sent me the tweet from Janelle uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, this feels like it could be a spoiler of her like admitting to the public on Twitter uh, that she knew that Dan was a traitor because I'm like, well, obviously, it's going to come up at some point. I'm very glad it came up as soon as it did because now we don't have to think about it for the rest of the season. Um, she, she, and obviously was also saying it so comfortably because it was happening so close to when she was tweeting that, that it was like, whatever, the episode's about to air in a couple days anyway. Um, Janelle going so hard at Dan Giesling because she's played with him before. She knows that he has the capabilities to be this traitor and, you know, Alliance be damned. She is ready to catch a trader. She's sick of not catching all these traders. She's taken shots and she's missed. And her reputation for being a successful trader catcher is down the drain. Uh, but if she can pull the shot off, she pretty she feels pretty confident that she's going to make it land. And again, doesn't feel like she needs him as the ally uh, that he had been anymore. So uh, where do we even begin? I don't know. Anybody have any jumping points of uh, Janelle's strategy throughout all of this? Uh, I mean, for, as far as like it being a spoiler still, I don't take it that seriously because I mean, yeah, she knew Dan was a traitor, but she also knew that Sandra and CT and like were all traitors. And she claimed she knew that Parvati was a traitor. And supposedly she brought her name up, name up during the round table. Like, okay, you mm -hmm. brought up seven people. Like, I don't take any of that that seriously, I think. And especially like e Tamara was like, I knew everyone immediately. Like, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, So I don't think any of like the post game stuff, like all that seriously i think they're trying to make themselves look better I'm yeah not, especially because like, you have the information at that point yeah. when you're saying these things so yeah mm -hmm. agreed so um i in terms of like janelle as a strategist in this season like i'm not all that shocked <laughs> like when has <laughs> janelle played like a quiet game uh or like managed to really hold on to information uh just because it was going to benefit her long term i think that uh she even knew that like i, I shouldn't probably say this right now but like i can't help myself mm -hmm. i i think that um okay so i i think that it's definitely possible that she was on to dan super early and and knew and that she you know was maybe gonna play like because here's the thing it's you're faithful you also don't want to get murdered um like it's not just about coming off super super faithful so that you don't get banished it's also like there is a pro to being in good with a yeah. or some traders because they will protect you um and which can give you more time to potentially be there at the end to get some money and i feel like I could see a situation where Janelle knows Dan and and was definitely suspicious of him earlier, but she couldn't protect him any longer when he wasn't doing himself any favors in terms of like their personal relationship. Because what I thought was interesting about this episode when they're at breakfast and CT is like, Dan, give us something, man. <laughs> and, um, and Dan doesn't really give them anything. John, um, Peter and Janelle kind of have a moment where they're whispering and John turns to, to Pete and Janelle and says, 
does Dan ever talk about his theories to you like one-on-one? And Janelle's like, no, never. And I think that that's where things kind of start to shift for her where she's like, okay, he's probably a traitor and he obviously doesn't see any value in, you know, our alliance because he's not really even trying with me. Um, And it's just kind of taking me for granted as like someone who should just trust him. And I think that maybe she just starts to see like, it does not behoove me to kind of like protect this man any longer. And also at the same time, she's probably gaining uh, good relationships with people that she does feel good about, like Peter. Um, And so it's like, I don't need to protect Dan as a traitor any longer because he's not, what is he doing for me? You know, like at this point, what has he done for me um, besides keep me alive this long? And he's not doing himself any favors. He's not even trying. And I'm not going to put my neck out to protect him any longer because that's going to put heat on me. And so that's kind of my take on what started to happen here was that she was like, hey, independently in our like one-on-one conversations you're not even really putting any effort in and trying so you have no value to me and i'm not going to protect you any longer yeah and the part of janelle's downfall here that i think it makes it even more intriguing is the fact that the entire rest of the house uh not obviously the entire she still had her faithful alliance that was looking to work with her but enough people were just like sick of her at this point enough where they were like Okay, you know, as Scally alluded to earlier, even MJ going to Dan uh, with all the information uh, saying, you know, Janelle's trying to get you out. And like to to an extent, I was like, is this just like Bravo people know what makes good TV and like telling one ally that the other ally is, uh, you know, working against them is good TV. Uh, But I think also more so of just like people were sick of Janelle, like she had blended in well enough for a while, but taking some big swings, taking that big shot at Larsa and her and Larsa getting at it in that, you know, previous roundtable where or it was the yeah it was the previous one where mm-hmm. uh, I find you annoying was you know enough to make the Bravo <laughs> people probably have a permanent stink on Janelle uh, and at this point you know MJ had suspicion on Dan but Janelle's more of a distraction at this point and if there's a possibility that she's getting all these shots or going to continue to keep getting all these shots wrong Dan could be correct but he also could be wrong and then they listen to Janelle for a third time uh, or you know uh, just it, it's not worth the risk of keeping her around and having her be this distraction so having that part of her game fall apart while she's also pushing the other successful part of her game apart, which is her alliance with the gamers and with Dan, especially. And then we haven't even gotten to the round table yet of her calling out all of these other people uh, along the way. It was just uh, a Janelle like, like meltdown that I feel like we haven't seen to this extent on big brother before. It was because I get it. I get from Janelle's perspective that generally if someone's not talking game with you, they're probably talking game with someone else and it's not just that they're super quiet. So when you talk about like, Oh, he's not saying anything to me. I can understand the thought of like, Oh, Dan's probably gaming with someone. And if that's not me, that's bad for me. Now, obviously we see he refuses to even tell anything to the other traders. So I don't think Dan is strategizing mm-hmm. with anyone else, but like you, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, Ligori, that uh, whether it be with Larsa or whatever, like I don't, I think that Janelle, like once, uh, you know, she's got a bone, like she's holding on to that. And so it's oh. great when it's someone else, but uh, if she turns it on you in the future, like that is a risk that I would generally not be willing to take. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that people jumped on the opportunity to get her out here yeah well the other thing with her 
Well, yes. And, and the other, the other thing is that again, why this is a different game than big brother, obviously like alliances come into play. You have certain people that you're going to vote with or that you trust and all of that. But the difference between this game and big brother is like the alliances in the traders. It's like, okay, what exactly what you said, if they're not talking game with me, then they're talking game with somebody else. So that means they're like, in a game alliance with another person, which means they're not on the same team as me. And in this game, there are literally just two teams. You know, there's not like yep. little pockets of alliance. And like, there's people that are like, I'm playing with the faithfuls, but I'm also playing with the traders. Like, I guess you could say that some people can do that. But in terms of like the way th the structure of the game and how it works is you are a faithful or you are a trader. And yes, obviously, if you're playing the game well, like, as a trader, you're you're kind of dipping in both ways. But if you're Janelle and you're like, Dan's not talking game with me, who is he talking game with? Probably the people he's on a team with that are not faithfuls because I'm a faithful. So like <laughs> that's that is part of the problem there with like not talking game and thinking that he's talking game with other people mm -hmm. um, and why it's not the same as Big Brother. The other thing that um, I was going to say about why, um, you know, it kind of makes sense for some of the faithfuls to target Janelle here. Um, well, maybe not make sense, but if you're not fully sure whether it's Janelle or Dan, which ultimately is what it becomes between, um, then I can see a rationale for going for Janelle here because she, again, led a lot of the charges against faithfuls in previous rounds. So you're either thinking... Okay, worst case scenario, she is a faithful, but she's not a helpful one. She's, you know, she brings up names that are not good yep. and we get other people eliminated. And also, if you're faithful and you're like, I don't I don't want to get murdered because I have no chance of winning if I get murdered. You're thinking as long as if Janelle is a faithful and she's sticking around and being messy and getting heat on her she's not getting murdered because the traders love that and will keep that around. And that means one less faithful that's going to get murdered. That's not me. And like, so you're thinking best case scenario. It's if it's Janelle versus Dan, it's Janelle. We got Janelle out and we have Dan who maybe he starts becoming a helpful faithful. And if you're wrong, it's like, okay, we got rid of a faithful now we can probably think, okay, Dan probably is one of them. And that's another faithful that isn't going to be kept in the game over me. So I think that like you could, you could logic your way into feeling okay about making that vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the round table was very heated uh, between Kevin making the case for Janelle and then it turned into Dan versus Janelle for obvious reasons. Um, but actually, before we get too deep into the round table, we have a new player here. Um, she's finally <laughs> arrived. Welcome to the castle, Kate Chastain, who is returning and she is a faithful. I can't imagine any of us were surprised that she was uh, picked as a faithful because at this it point, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. If they haven't eliminated a traitor, right. why if, would they make a traitor? If a traitor had been banished at this point, then sure, bring her in. 
as a trader. Uh, and maybe that's like even more wor- worth your while for bringing her back. But at this point, no, she's a faithful. And for now, uh, you know, we'll see how she integrates into the game more as the weeks go on. Uh, but for the time being, she's just here for, you know, <laughs> the sound bites and uh, for Kevin to get angry at during the round table. So that's um, a joy, at least for me. I think, you know, it's, it's fun to have her back here. Um, but the whole cast was kind of looking around like, why? Okay. Uh, uh, okay. This is so exciting that she's here. Um, so she's here, but why now? Like, why yeah, did you just do that at question. the beginning? Like Alan coming in with the chair, oh, Alan coming, Alan coming, chair. coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, they're all just like, think they're probably thinking that like, Deontay is going to come back in or, you know, somebody <laughs> he changed his mind. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's actually okay. He's ready to keep going. Yeah. Um, but then Kate walks in there. They're just very confused, which fair enough. Um, so Kate just gets to really observe here and also does get a vote, which isn't going to be the biggest factor. It's not like she was the vote for Janelle to go. Uh, she was, was a vote, but not the vote. So, uh, with Kate in the mix here, again, it's going to get very heated, uh, with uh, a lot of the back and forth here. Peter's going to get in there uh, as well, pleading his case. Uh, but then Scally, where it gets really messy is where Janelle is going to take the grave that has been dug for her and dig it a couple times herself to get herself firmly planted in there by calling out not just Dan, but also CT and Sandra, her allies uh. <laughs> in deciding to take this route. Yeah, I think there were a lot of questionable decisions made at this round table, uh, most of which being this one, like you should not be isolating votes <laughs> like that is a bad decision. So I think that uh, going ahead and deciding that we should be also calling out CT and Sandra here for seemingly not a whole lot of reason uh, made not only like this round table impossible, but the future game really difficult for Janelle. So uh, I completely don't understand the decision. It was yeah. wild. Well, I know there was commentary from her online that, like, the obviously we know the roundtable is is edited, but, mm-hmm. like, there was missing, I guess she, like you said earlier, Matt, that um, she called out Parvati as well at some point. Um, it's She seems to say, um, I watched, like, her little clip of her saying that um, – she didn't call out CT and Sandra until later on because people were asking her for more names or something like that. But in the clip, like after rewatching it, she it's all in the same like stream of consciousness because she's doing like this thing with her hands where she's like pointing at them with her hands at the round table being like Dan and then CT and then Sandra. And so I don't know how much of that is revisionist history where it's like she said that she was prompted to to give more names or if it was truly just that she she got a little messy and and started to like over faithful and be like i'm so faithful that i i've got you you want one name from dan i'll give you three um and so i don't i don't know what the real truth is and how many names but the thing is is like if she also called out Parvi, I'm not going to applaud that just because she actually is a traitor. That means that you called out four people. A fourth ally. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, it just is so questionable. And 
I feel like most people online were like, okay, nobody's surprised that Janelle, you know, played this horribly. Um, you know, it's not like she's ever shown exceptional uh, gameplay on Big Brother. You know, comps are one thing, but, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a reason why Dan has his reputation and why Janelle was just, you know, a fan favorite for all those years. And, uh, you know, coming back here, I expected, I picked her second in, in our draft. I expected that she was going to be one of the most active faithful, and she was, uh, but just to her own detriment, to the point of like, she you know, was taking shots early and she missed on one or two, but then, you know, obviously got this one correct and whether or not it was the correct move for her. I saw her in this spot of being just a very loud faithful of knowing where she wanted to shoot and, and going for it, but it just backfired in such a big way here. Uh, probably not specifically because of the fact that she, you know, was annoying the housewives or whatever the case was with, you know, MJ and all them, uh, the Bravo people like turning on her, if you call it turning on her. Uh, but it's just the fact that she then, you know, took any other relationships that she had with those people and, you know, just ran right over them. So it was just, uh, a mess from start to finish. And when the votes come in and they are, uh, what was it like seven to f no, there, I don't know how many people in this house. It was nine to five. Was... Yeah. It was okay, nine to yeah. five Janelle, uh, that, the five votes came from Bergie, John, Janelle, Trishelle, and Peter. So no surprises on that end of things. Um, it was just, she, she again, dug her own grave. There was, <laughs> it was a mess. And I wonder, like, was there ever a universe where she, I mean, could have been even a little bit like Kate, uh, where, you know, la like loud and, and, and wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> And also high, like, could she have used growing suspicions of her from some of these people to her advantage in terms of staying um, because traders aren't going to want to eliminate someone that is taking potential heat off of them? Um, it's a hard game to play because it's like, do you ever get to the end as a faithful and win that way playing like that? I don't know. Um, but I think the fact that it's like she had certain other faithfuls that were, uh, you know, having theories about her for whatever reason, Kevin being a big one who is the one who leads the charge at the round table on her. Um, but obviously like other people that aren't just traitors voted for her. Um, and I just feel like lose like going against Dan ends up being really the nail in the coffin because as long as he locks up those three traitor votes against her, um, you know, and the fact that she's got a couple other independent faithfuls that are after her, then then that's what takes her down. But I just I just think that like maybe there was a scenario where Janelle could have had more of a Kate Chastain trajectory in the game and lasted a little bit longer because yeah. traders were keeping her alive and not wanting to get her banished just yet because it helps keep heat off of them. Um, but you know, the way that she went after too many people, um, and, and obviously Dan being one of them, mm -hmm. it was, it's just like hard to come back from that. Yeah. Um, do we like uh, Kevin? Are we, are we enjoying Kevin's energy he's bringing to these round yes. tables? <laughs> he's, yeah, Kevin like getting involved, like not only calling Janelle out, like that's one thing. And then later at the end, when uh, when Janelle reveals herself to be a faithful, uh, both MJ and Kevin are kind of looking around like, not me. I didn't say that, you know, got that one wrong. Um, <laughs> but him like specifically calling out the new guest, <laughs> Kate. Oh, my like, God. Could, could you Hilarious. listen, please? 
hilarious like uh, just the lack of <laughs> just like social cues it's so which I'm, yeah it's really funny because he's like hey you're being rude while like also being really rude <laughs> like was so funny uh to me and just like immediately making an enemy of the person who just walked in the door uh very Do you think he watched crazy. last season <laughs> does he no. actually know who kate is it's like i don't know if you want to mess with her <laughs> yeah it was so funny. I'm so glad we have Kevin. I think that he's been fun at like the last couple roundtables. So uh, look, it's not good gameplay necessarily, uh, but I am enjoying the energy nonetheless. Um, and, and his name's been floated at some of these. I mean, like he had a bunch of votes, what, last week? So it's like, you know, could this come back around to him? Like, is this is this uh, someone that... Because when there's the talk about, like, if there's a guy, there's got to be a guy trader and, you know, people like Pete and Bergie and John are coming off as super, super faithful. Um, obviously, everyone's looking at Dan now. But, like, is there a chance? And I don't think that that's mm. who Dan's going to go after next week, obviously. But, like, is there still something brewing in people's minds that maybe it is Kevin? It could be. <laughs> I think I think he's certainly the most uh, or the least confirmed faithful out of that little group that he seems to have found himself in um yeah. and given he's doing exactly what janelle was doing and calling out somebody uh incorrectly like there could be an argument to make on him at some point parvati was already earlier in the game calling kevin out because you know you're an actor uh the kevin versus john thing seems to still be underlying there so i still think there's a world where kevin gets banished i don't know if it's immediate because i think there's bigger fish to fry right now but i think it could happen especially towards the end game do we understand? Did I understand this properly during that roundtable when um, John told Kevin that before bed that the previous night he told him that he still thinks that he's a traitor, which is like such <laughs> yep. a brave thing to do right before bed. <laughs> Look, you gotta get your cards out there. Uh, I mean, maybe that's actually the smarter thing to do. Where it's like if you you tell someone you think is a traitor that that they're a traitor, and you think like. Okay, they're not going to kill me tonight. That is so ballsy. Uh, but I guess you have to have other people there to hear it. Yeah. So I don't know. But I just think that was a wild thing. The wild thing for John to be doing. If he truly does think Kevin is a traitor. <laughs> it's just like, good night. Good night, Kevin. You traitor. I won't see you in the morning. You're going to murder me. <laughs> Can I propose a uh, fun little segment here? Oh. Please. So uh, shout out to the Lonely Boys podcast, the Gossip Girl we Watch podcast. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I think we need to do some uh, Traders Theater here. And oh um, I've sent you both a script <laughs> to uh, the DMs. And I think we need to pick some roles and reenact Janelle versus Sam. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Does anybody right. have preference? as You guys can have the two roles. I will. No, no. You take the role. <laughs> I, well, I was going to narrate. No, uh, what do you narrate? Uh, I, I guess that means you scene. have to be one of the roles now, Scally. <laughs> yeah, Matt has already decided Midori. he's the narrator. Unless Scally's <laughs> just feeling in his in his good boy era and doesn't want to curse. I'm in my good boy era. Yeah, okay. no. <laughs> I just think the Ligori you'll deliver better, uh, and it's also your idea. So. Okay, fine. <laughs> well then, I will set up the scene and lead us in. Well, uh, Jenny, Jenny, do you want to be Janelle or Sandra? Um, I'll let you choose who you want me to be. I'll be Sandra. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. okay. So setting the scene here, uh, the votes are going around and Sandra has voted for Janelle. And as she puts her card into the slot, she's going to take a sip of water. And Janelle says, drink that water. You're nervous, aren't you? 
No, my mouth is dry. Okay, Sandra. You're a traitor. You're a fucking traitor. You're a fucking traitor. You're a traitor, bitch. You're the biggest fucking traitor here, so fuck off. You fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even get that out. <laughs> we also had Alan in the background, like, please. Please, ladies, <laughs> ladies, compose yourself. Which you're I'm a fucking traitor. Be- I was in the you're car this morning. Tra- I just am, like saying out loud to myself, you're a fucking traitor. <laughs> you're the biggest you fucking fuck traitor. You fuck off. You fuck off. I was like, it's back giving, off, Alan. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> it's yep. so, like, there was no other, like, what do you say? Like, what, what do you say to each other? You're a fucking traitor. You're the biggest fucking traitor. <laughs> <laughs> There's been so many quotes from this season already. I mean, not Ekansu has been just I know. all I sent over you guys the internet. This, this, uh, <laughs> uh, right before that script is somebody did a drawing of Phaedra with her mouth wide open. Parvati reposted this onto her Instagram story. And in Phaedra's very wide mouth in this artistic drawing, it says, oh, my Lord, sweet baby Jesus, not Ekansu, Lord, not Ekansu. <laughs> oh it's so good i mean even the boiled eggs i thought was like super quotable there was so much stuff that comes out of this (laughs) like i i love it if you do a twitter search for lord not ekansu it is a onslaught of gay men (laughs) 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 just something happens in their day and they're saying lord not ekansu not ekansu Ekansu. yeah it's so good i mean we're getting like a good amount of memes out of this season which i'm happy about but like the fact that we got janelle versus sandra it's like oh my god okay prime time fight here we have janelle versus sandra and the the gist of the argument is you're a traitor no you're a fucking traitor uh, fuck you no I fuck need, you i'm like beautiful in the like poetry tomorrow to you're a fucking duck no you're the biggest fucking duck in the whole fucking lobby yeah yeah <laughs> quack quack bitch <laughs> fuck off uh, and that's that's when friendships end <laughs> in real life so let's not actually do that but um that yeah, was let's great. maybe not do it that, that was a great moment uh from these two who uh you know sandra just uh trying to defend herself against janelle who was uh not correct in that read but you know it is what it is. Um, let's get back into but that's the Sandra, the though. Like, you know, she's been sh- she's been under the radar. And like this, like this was the loudest. Mo- we know that she can get loud, too. This was the she loudest can. moment from Sandra thus far because she's been very quiet. And it's Janelle pointed at her and said <laughs> she's a traitor. Like you've awoken her. This is how you get her to come at you. Yeah. I was going to say Parvati's probably happy it wasn't coming in her direction from Sandra, but also she just got it from Phaedra. So like she's not exactly having she the needs a most <laughs> easy experience on her end yeah. of things. Um, they're all delivering though. Great TV all across the board. The faces too. Like all the reactions of everyone else at the table while this is going on. Yeah. Like, Kate being like, do I not even have to bring like chaos here? Because these people already are. Yeah. So Um, let's get back into the Dan of it all uh, because we have to figure out where this is going to go. So again, the, the main idea here is that Dan's not giving enough names. Peter, who seems to have a connection with Dan specifically saying, you know, Dan, just give one name, one name, and he's going to give out Janelle's name, uh, which doesn't really do a whole lot here. You know, we're not getting anywhere with all that. Um, Dan, you know, gets through this round table. He's in confessional saying that round table was harder than winning big brother or hosting my own funeral. Like it was intense. Uh, Combined, he said, combined. Combined. Yeah, combined. Is this cap? 
I don't yes. know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I believe it was hard, but I'm like, that is like as hard as he's describing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but tension is, is high. You know, Janelle, when she goes out is going to drop, you know, I'm a faithful, you idiots and gives her, you know, <laughs> grand goodbye, but everybody is just looking around. Bergie's yelling. You guys are trusting the traders. Uh, and we're getting into final conversations before the traders tower of the guys all sitting around with Dan who like, they're just as convinced as Janelle was like believing that this man is a, a traitor and they all Bergie, just voted for him. <laughs> yeah. Bergie dropping before, you know, they're going to break for the evening. Dan, your name is already on my chalkboard for tomorrow. You better come with some kind of name or something to give us because I am voting for you unless you give me a good reason not to. Bergie laying down the law for Dan Giesling. Uh, let me say that again. Bergie <laughs> laying down the law for Dan Giesling before the night is over. Uh, and this all leads us to the Trader's Tower where we're going to go back and forth a little bit between Parvati's thoughts and Dan's thoughts about who to murder. Uh, Jenny, Dan wants to murder Bergie after all is said and done here and he is going to get blocked if he does so yeah. I was so excited as this started because I was like I I'd been going into through this episode being like Pete I stand like this was like this was you know and then and then I started to get a little nervous about the plan I was like maybe he's getting a little too cute trying to go to all of these people separately being like I'm just telling you like that um, you know, it's Janelle and I that got the shields. And I was like, okay, maybe he's actually just like doing a little too much. Um, and these people will maybe if these are all three, like he should have maybe only told one. This, so I'm just going through what I was thinking. I was going thinking that maybe he should have only just like done it with one person he felt super, super strong about and like they'll compare notes. Um, and that maybe he's going to get too messy doing it independently with all three. And so when Parv brings up, like, Peter brought me aside separately and told me that him and Janelle have it. And then Dan says, yes, he did that with me, too. I'm like, yep, here we go. They're going to compare. compare no She's like, OK, well, then he's lying. And I was like, yes. Yes, they've figured it out. And it was like watching a slow car crash as Dan goes, no, I, I just don't think that he he's lying about he's this. He's not that savvy. And he's not that savvy. He's underestimating Pete. And I was like, no, she literally laid out exactly why this was a potentially messy plan and how I was a little nervous for Peter on this. Um, And so it was really, really difficult to watch. Like the the logic be laid out and for him to ignore it um, and just be so dead set on on murder murdering Bergie here and and really thinking that it had to have been Janelle and Peter that had the shield, especially because like we just had like like Matt just said, we just had this conversation where Bergie's basically being like, I've got my your name on my chalkboard. And if that person is a traitor, that's a pretty wild thing to say right before bed. And Bergie. so you. <laughs> You again, I'm overthinking maybe, but I'm like, Bert, wouldn't you think Bergie is being this confident and like he's trying to yeah. prompt me to kill him <laughs> because he has a shield? Put take that information, pair it with the fact that Peter brought at least two of you aside to tell you that and that that's fishy when he just voted for Dan. Like it just. It was really, really difficult to see all those pieces come together and have him be wanting to take like the riskiest shot possible here. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 
Fergie said, Dan, you're a fucking traitor, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, thank you to Hannah and Taylor from Love Island USA. Like, Bergie has finally grown up, it seems like. Like, the work that from Bergie first episode of Love Island to now, like, man has aged years, uh, many more than he had for seemingly pre uh, before coming in to Love Island. So, uh, this is, it's a real glow up. I'm, ex I'm excited. It's insane. I mean, yeah. when we get to the end of this and, and it seems like they've kind of settled on uh, on Burgalicious as the vote to uh, or the, the person to get murdered and Phaedra sitting here being like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, just, I love him. I love my Burgalicious. I don't want to do it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Have we all seen um, there seems to be some confirmation as to what happens here. Have we all seen it? Yes. Have, yes. It's It's been yeah. discussed enough both on podcasts and also uh, on Twitter and whatnot, that it seems like the shot is taken here at Bergie and obviously misses. Yeah, there's a, they, and this is annoying. Like, why are we doing cliffhangers? I know. If in the immediate uh, next time on shot, you're showing the full scan of the round table with literally everyone from the previous episode being there. Like, what what was the point of that? Um, I, I just like don't it's know so why annoying. you would ruin any sort of um like suspense about what's gonna happen in the next episode. Yeah. Um they do it with like the fake commercials too. I'm like, it's just like obviously if you're cutting to a commercial and we know it's it's not even a commercial, <laughs> yeah. it's just a cut. Like <laughs> there's a few editing choices where I'm like, why would you do that? Like, I don't really know why you would do that. But um, yeah, that's it, that's the way it was being talked about at the end of the episode while they're still in the turret, like it's, it seemed to be that that was the way it was going. But any hope that you had that, that maybe they did end up taking the shot at John, who seemed to be like the other option. And again, why wasn't if they wanted to do something <laughs> riskier, like why wasn't Peter the riskier shot here? Like, like ugh, that's I mean, obviously, like having all of the information we have. We're like, yeah, you should have killed Peter. Um, but the 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 safest yeah. thing would be just to go for John. And they're just like, well, that's a waste. That's a waste. But it's like, yeah, but you do what would make sense for the traitors to kill someone that they know was inside and didn't have a shield. And now you've walked literally right into yeah, a trap look. and like killed someone that tried to kill someone that had a shield like, <laughs> Harvardy tried she she was on to Peter she got the idea that he was lying but Dan's insisting I need to have this one for myself and he yes. he acknowledges this is either going to break or make my game and uh, I have no. a very hard time uh, just to get into the predictions of it all seeing how it doesn't completely break his game at this point mm. uh, in the preview he also says uh, you know I, I've been watching he's gonna he's gonna finally take his shot you know quote unquote take his shot uh, everybody's waiting for him to say a name and uh, he's saying that he's been watching someone from day one and it's time for him to reveal who it is a lot of speculation that this will probably be a traitor so that he does get a correct shot to land so uh you know certainly something to speculate about there um i mean so that's just me i mean i know don't doubt dan geesling i get yeah, it blah 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 but i just don't know what else you want me to predict or think or say watching the entire house five votes already land on dan there's a master plan from peter pilot pete to get dan out of this game and he fell into the trap it could be dan versus whoever at the next round table and maybe we're back in this exact same scenario of what he just did with janelle with the back and forth and if dan can wrangle enough votes onto his side maybe he gets poverty or phaedra banished but it's just so hard to see it happening but i know it's dan geesling i don't 
No one else to see. Well, the the thing the thing that we know is that it, it seems that he waits unless he does some one on one work earlier in the episode next week. Um, it seems that he waits until the roundtable to do this grand reveal of the name that he's been sitting on, which is contrary to what he said that he would do when he said that he needed to sleep and make sure he didn't get murdered. And then he would come to breakfast and start talking yeah. about it. <laughs> um, so I worry that this is like, you know, hail Mary, like dying breath, just trying to take a shot just to, you know, maybe, maybe it, it won't be him and, and throw one of the other traders under the bus instead. Um, but that worries me. Like, I, it worries me that he, if he's waiting until the round table to try that the damage has been done. And um, I'm curious, like, who do you think? So it seems to be pretty much an assumption that he's he's going to throw out one of the um, one of the other traders names. out. Who do we think it's more likely to be? Because there's been edit to give us leading up to this that he's plan like planning on throwing one of them under the bus. So it like it could go either way if you're reading into the edit. Who do you think is more likely or better for him to do here? Scally, what do you think? I mean, he's said a couple times that he sees Parvati as like a strong ally to the end. But, oh, I don't know. Does Dan want to get into it with Phaedra? I think that might honestly be a harder mountain to climb um, at the round table. So, uh I think he's still probably going to go for it, though. I think it might be Phaedra, unfortunately. I think, I mean, look, given uh, I was worried about like Parvati a little bit in the fact that she voted for Janelle, um, because it's like, okay, well, you stick to Dan so closely. Like, there's already reason why uh, Peter and crew are suspecting Parvati as one of the traders as well, probably alongside the fact that she's playing and probably playing like she's a little bit more comfortable than most other people in the house. Um, she, you know, is as far as the TV show, we're seeing her and Dan together every so often. If they're seeing that as well, that's a problem. Um, and I mean, they're playing well together. So at this point, I, I just I don't know if it makes sense for Dan to split off from her. Uh, I mean, it probably does again to just get a traitor out. And if he is going to say, well, I think it's poverty, uh, you know, everybody should vote for her. And Peter's like, well, she's certainly high on my suspect list. Let's take that shot because he's willing to do so. And, you know, we at least get one of my high, uh, you know, my top suspects out. Maybe that does something for him, but I still don't think it, you know, saves him completely. We saw, for sure. um, we've seen traders throw other traders under the bus before, and it doesn't completely, you know, exonerate them from uh, all suspicion. It just kind of gives them one more round to, uh, you know, keep trying. So um, I don't know. I mean, he's under, I think he's got a, a tough road ahead. Certainly if he, if he tries Phaedra, Parvati maybe will be the easier route because I think she has less uh solidified allies at the moment. I mean, I, I think honestly, Sandra still stands out as somebody that she can kind of count on for the time being, unless Sandra, you know, the, the switch flips and she's like, Oh, this is my shot. Let me just make sure I do better than Parvati in this game. Um, but I think like CT is probably relatively on her side. Um, I, I would think that some of the, you know, middle ground players would kind of uh, be open to keeping her around. But at this point, like her strongest, uh, uh, connection in the game is with Dan and if he cuts that I don't know what happens it also or... sounds like um, Parvati has been a little bit more vocally defensive of Dan whereas like um, so I think that him going after her looks a little weirder um, and I, yeah, they need each so, other so the thing I'm leaning okay. Phaedra 
um, that is, is who he throws out there. Um, but the one thing I keep going back to is he has to find some sort of defense for why no one died and he had information about um who who apparently had the shield and then that being wrong Mm -hmm. um so i just feel like he has to have some because who else got the information that from pete it was parv and ct Uh, were the other two people that he went to so i feel like if he needed to deflect on that part, then it's better to have Parvati's name out there because she at least was given that information about the shield. Um, but I think that there are a lot of other reasons why it would make more sense for him to, to go at Phaedra. Um, it's it's really hard could, to say. I Sorry, think he can also take the information that he has knowing that this, like when he sees Bergie walk in and he knows like, Oh shit, like, you know, when the plan yeah, is revealed, <laughs> yeah, I think that he also could very easily deflect it onto Phaedra or, or whoever and just come up with a blatant lie, which he's known to do for sure, and say, I told Phaedra that, you know, I like, I'm sorry, Peter, yeah. but I, I spilled your secret and I told Phaedra. And Phaedra's going to say, no, you didn't. And Dan will <laughs> try to come back in and, and hold his ground and say, yes, I, I told you. So. Unless he like quietly does it like not in front of Phaedra like earlier in the episode and like does some like work like one on one with Pete or maybe like yeah. with Peter and Bergie and then like bu- builds it up to the round table where he's like already done a little he, bit of work to get her name out there. Um, he knows who he needs to work on right now. Like he yeah, knows it is this group of guys. For sure. And if he yeah. can get in a room with Bergie and and uh, Peter and say, look, I know you guys really think it's me. But just hear me out on this one. Like, give me this one. And if this one doesn't work, then fine. Continue to try to go for me next time. Yes. But I think I've, you know, honed in on it's this person, whether it's Phaedra or, or whoever. Give me this one round. Stick with me. Trust me. Because, again, they have a connection. Uh, Peter mm-hmm. was was upset to have to vote for Dan, but he just is so convinced. And Dan's not giving anything. So Dan has to, at this point, give something or it's just not going to happen. The other thing that I was thinking could be happening here is um, that... Uh, because we we see in this episode, Peter says we have to start doing something so that the traders will turn on each other. And I thought that was an interesting um, statement from Peter and in that they he could still and, and to why I think you're right, Matt, that even if he gets out of this, that I don't think that his his game is necessarily saved by it. I could see a situation where Peter and Bergie and, and whoever is in that contingent um you know kind of just like let's dan do what he's gonna do and real like realizes that like his back is against the wall and he has basically no other play but to throw out one of his other traders at this point so why not give like get rid of whoever he's trying to throw under the bus here we are getting out one trader and we still know that Dan is a traitor. We'll get him out next. Mm-hmm. But this is like the ultimate test to see what he's going to do. Obviously, he's going to throw out another traitor name. And if we banish a traitor that he brings up, that doesn't mean he's that doesn't mean he's suddenly a faithful. That just means, great, we're going to get a two for one, basically. Um, and I could see that being something that Peter's thinking about because he literally said we have to start doing something to make the traitors turn on themselves. And if he's confident, especially with Bergie not getting murdered, well, they know he wouldn't get murdered, but like no one else getting murdered, um, putting even more suspicion on the fact that it's Dan and maybe Parvati, it's like, 
let's see who he's going to go after here because that's probably one of the other ones. So, so let's, let's, you know, let's use him for a little bit here and get rid of whoever he throws under the bus. And then we can still get rid of him next week because we still think he's a traitor. Mm-hmm. But like, is that a good move? Like, is that a good, like that, like, that's what I'm wondering here. Do you think that that's, that's the best move if you're, if we're using Peter as like the, the king of the faithfuls at this point, like, is that, is that a good move? Or do you just get out Dan here? Or like, do you go along mm. with whoever Dan's throwing out here and, and you're like, okay, uh, we'll yeah. all get him the next time. Or well, do you, I mean, when you have the opportunity, you have Dan Giesling on the ropes, you take him out. There's no question about it. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not they see that, you know, for themselves in this specific scenario, like they know that Dan's a, a you know, uh, an infamous player. I, I don't know, like what, you know, th- their mindset is coming into this with the meta aspect of it all, but um, they are on Dan. Dan's neck. And I think at this point they need to firmly uh, push and push and push until he's out of the game. I don't think any other, uh, any, anything else makes sense for them at this point, but what will they do? Who knows? Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I, I get that because I, first of all, look, you don't want to give Dan any opportunity to do work. <laughs> like let's not uh, go ahead and allow him uh, to have any wiggle room, but also uh, like Dan is, I mean, as seen here, pretty ballsy going to go ahead and murder someone that has been actively throwing his name out there and just deal with the consequences later. So there's no saying if you're Pete or someone else who's been actively targeting Dan that you go along with it this time that Dan's not going to murder you that night. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, it's like maybe you don't risk it because you're not going to be there the next day to mm-hmm. to try and get him out at the next round table. So and I mean, you can get him out and keep that little, you know, thing in your pocket of like, OK, who was he trying to throw under the bus? That's probably the other one. Right. Yeah. But let's get him out first. Yeah, let's get us out of here. I think uh, <laughs> I think we're just about done with, uh, with this episode. <laughs> Anybody have anything else that we didn't talk about here from this episode? Um, I mean, okay. Was there any? Is there any merit? Should they have just killed Kate tonight? <laughs> so <laughs> I savage. Didn't think she was going to be up for grabs, uh, but no. Yeah, they, I wondered that. I was like, I mean, she got, she was allowed to vote with, with like while just coming into the roundtable and having to gather information. Um, so I assume that they would have told us if she was not available to be killed. Right? But yeah, I don't know. Why do you think I, she should have? Or just ask? I mean, I just think it's worth questioning. She like in my book is the most confirmed faithful on the board at this point. I just think when no traders have been voted out, like I would be very shocked from like the meta aspect if they would bring in just a fourth trader and like they introduce someone this late in the game and they give them like the trader role. Like I think that probably you can assume that she is a faithful. And so therefore I would assume everyone else is assuming the same. And then should and I just take that piece off the board? Is she open to be murdered? Here's a here's a wild here's a wild concept. Uh, what what if people float the theory that Kate had a shield, like she was given a shield, uh, oh. coming into the game, and that's who the traitors tried to murder. <laughs> that's funny. Like, why would the traitors go after one of the six outside with the shield? Like, they probably tried to kill Kate, and Kate was <laughs> Kate was given a like an yeah, like a, a one pass, a complimentary shield entering the game this late. Like, I think it's I think it's real cute. Um, but it's like not outside the realm of possibility that someone could try to make that argument. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm also really curious about because I know that they've said that they've like changed up the order in which people enter breakfast. So now, 
are we going to have it where like oh everyone came in uh oh my god bergie's here and then like traders have a face crack uh because they want to have that shocking moment for the beginning of the episode uh yeah. or are we going to have bergie enter in the middle and then There's... deal with the fallout throughout because yeah. if he enters at the end and someone else like because there's points where like traders end up with shields and if they want to like okay i want to recruit tonight and so i can't murder and then i'll just say that an attempt was made on me to hide the recruitment and got it blah 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 like then if you don't come in last then that holds significantly less weight i don't know i'm just like thinking of ways that this could change the meta yet again so i'm very interested yeah. to see that well i think i think bergy does come in last from for the room and i also i mean at the very end uh, at, the, at the very least uh bergy is probably going to say to the group that he thinks he got murdered because he had a shield and he's going to do a big reveal because that's just i think bergy <laughs> uh, yeah. i don't think he's going to be able to keep it in plus pete yeah. is going to be so excited to tell everybody that his plan worked uh so it's not going to be much of a secret uh, I don't think, but I do think that they'll they'll still bring him in last. I think that that whole, you know, them saying that they're not going to bring in people last when they were in consideration is BS because I feel like it keeps happening. Um, so maybe yeah. they meant for season three because it certainly doesn't seem like it's happening on season two. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, know. what yeah. they're, they're doing is they're like, they're like, we're not going to make it so obvious. So we're going to bring them in last with one additional person. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you have to, yeah, figure it out. It's like the chances are slightly lower. Get out of here. Jenny, anything yeah, else that, for, we didn't get, uh, cover here? No, I I think, you know, we, we've gone through it all. We got uh, it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm really interested to see how this um how this goes how what dan is gonna do when he's really got his back against the wall mm -hmm. um i guess the only other thing that i i wonder is if we get what a lot of people are expecting next week dan is banished a traitor is revealed uh we just got a faithful added into the game with kate are we getting recruitment and when and who should phaedra and parv recruit if that's the case Ooh. I'm going to say there's no recruitment yet. Uh, Scally can speak to it more from like, you know, the historical Other perspective versions, of what happens. Yeah. I'm going to say they don't offer it at this point. But maybe like the next episode. I mean, I would think if one of the other two goes out, then they have to have a second. But I don't know that like uh, Scally, well, they... is it is it standard that they would go from three to two and then offer them the chance? Usually. Or? Yeah. When there's you usually are an episode down to between, two. Right? You have the opportunity. You have the option to okay, but yeah, because Sari, Sari, and Christian recruited mm -hmm. Ari. So while well, there were still two of them after Cody left, but I can't yeah. remember the length of time between. Like how was long was it? Just two of them. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Like if they're following the same pattern, you know, and they did just get a faithful added back into the mix, and Dan goes, do you think that they're gonna let them immediately? grab another number i think the option will be on the table i think parvati mm -hmm. probably should want to recruit sandra honestly yeah. um just because like um get her seat on her firmly. anyway mm -hmm, exactly more firmly on your side uh i think also will allow if she goes out well then like oh it's probably not also parvati uh yeah. like that line of thinking even if people think there was a recruitment um as far as phaedra i, I don't know because that's my whole thing it's like i feel like the meta of this game is too easily re like reasonable so i'm like there's no reason they should ever recruit a man um but, <laughs> but do they recruit pete 
Yeah, that is a possibility. He's got too much power. He's he's named people that are traitors that aren't just Dan. Uh, do you take away his power? Does he? Mm. Well, again, they have to accept it, right? So yeah, how could they just force him? That, <laughs> so you possible. have to play with us now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that like for someone who is recruited, like it really is dependent on like should you be playing with those traders like there's not necessarily anything that like it's going to benefit you explicitly like well but are... also if you're if you're peter and you you know get dan banished you are on to him and you are on to at least one of the other two and for all you know both of the other two and they pick you to be recruited you say no you're going to just get murdered probably like that doesn't mean like you're safe and you're going to get continue getting to play the game and have a chance at the money. At least if you accept, you potentially have yeah. a chance at getting that money, especially because you've played half of the game as a faithful and have like a reputation as a faithful now. Oh, for sure. I'm accepting. But then when Bergie's like, we should vote out poverty and I'm Pete, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, like, for I'll... sure. You have to. You have to, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just think that would be like a fun, a fun choice for them to to go after, you know, like the the leader of the faithfuls in in Peter right now. But yeah. I I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm looking forward to seeing what they choose. And again, I'm talking very much as if Dan goes next episode. It could not happen possibly. <laughs> it's true. It might not. Yeah. I, I, I want to see Kate as a traitor, but that's just because right. know, seeing her evolution in in game, if anything, uh, from season one to season two. But also, I don't need that to like mess with the flow of this gameplay. So um, yeah. it kind of already is by her just being here uh, now. But I'll, I'm just it's fine. Traitors is all vibes. I'm happy. I <laughs> kind vibes, of yeah. as much as like I'm enjoying seeing Dan on the show. <laughs> I am also very curious about what a just Parvati and Phaedra trader duo looks mm -hmm. like. <laughs> and yeah. I think that like not having um that third person in there to either break them up or mediate, depending <laughs> on the scenario. Mm -hmm. Don't um, do it, Parvati. <laughs> <laughs> could be very interesting. Yeah. Well, we will see. We will see. Uh, the next episode is only a couple of days away, of course. And then this season has still a decent ways to go. I want to say that uh, uh, Robin Puya said that it was, uh, well, I guess Sam told them uh, that it was supposed to be an 11 episode season. Uh, and we are on episode five. So we still have, you know, again, a little bit of a ways to go to see how this all shakes out. Um, is 11 the reunion? That's is there possible. A reunion? That is yeah. possible. Um Dr. Will's still not here, and I'm not going to get into it because I'm not very angry that Dr. <laughs> Will wasn't here to see both Big Brother players. At least there's a chance he'll see one, yeah. but that might not even happen. Er, it's kind er. of funny, honestly. Like, there's the thing that, like, er. when something <laughs> ag like is like a little frustrating to me, but it's more frustrating to other people. I do kind of laugh. <laughs> it is. It is funny. No, I You're think it, I think me? it's hilarious. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah, he is. A little bit, actually. Um, you know what? Guys, You're I, a fucking kid. <laughs> oh, no, not this. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I have actually one other quick thing that I wanted to point out that I forgot Please about do. from the episode. Janelle said a couple of times that Dan is the best Big Brother player she's ever played with. And she made that same distinction Ooh. both times I heard her say it. So it wasn't even like a slip of the tongue one time. She was... 
giving the qualification of that she has played with. So one, shade at Will Kirby, um, because she literally played with him as well. Shade at Gen City. And exactly, most importantly. <laughs> um, but does that mean that she's saying that there is someone that she didn't play with who she holds as the actual greatest of all Big Brother? Or is that just the way that she's saying it? Because it's like, that is a very interesting thought process. Well, yeah, yeah no, she, who she does didn't she play think with, above those two. <laughs> she didn't play with Tamar Braxton. So that's okay. Who, good point. Yeah. I was just like, is she a Derek Stan? <laughs> Because <laughs> when you look at people who, you know, uh, got, what was it, like a 10 to nothing voter, a unanimous vote, it's, I think, just Dan and Tamar. Right. So that maybe should be what she considers. Mm. I don't know. I but just thought it was so funny that about. she said that she has played with. And so I'm like, well, it's usually the talk is like, it's mostly Dan and Will. And then with a little bit of people, we'll throw Derek in there sometimes. Um, and I'm just like, okay. Well, you played with both of those two big names. So what mm-hmm. does that mean? Yeah, she has played with both. Here's yeah. the thing. She's already wrong, Team Will. So I'm not going <laughs> to explore further in terms of I'm, her I, further wrong opinion. I'm a Team Will person as well. Oh, so Jenny, I get so it. Real. Yeah, it's just more my type of same person yeah i'm 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 giving dan energy here in that i'm not giving a name because <laughs> oh my gosh oh, that boo. is a traitor activity i, I just never landed on one i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. you're gonna tell oh us in God. the morning though right i'll, I'll put it on my list to rewatch all the seasons and get it fresh in my mind so i can get hey, my but by breakfast i need to know what your take is <laughs> oh my or else God. it's over for you i'm yeah. taking over your podcast your name's already <laughs> on my chalkboard Lagori. It's always on your chalkboard because <laughs> you're a fucking trainer. Yeah, well. So with that said, thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us here. Where can people find you, you online and anything else that is going on in the world of Jenny Autumn? Online, you can find me at Jenny Autumn. I have not been doing much of the live tweeting of the traders because uh, one, the episode doesn't drop in Canada on Crave until the the following day, and so the ways that I um, watch the episode aren't perfectly lined up with what's live because it seems like the episode is like like showing up on peacock like at 8 45 or something like that um so i can't engage in the live tweeting and also like the fandom wars are a little out of hand uh it's like i don't even want like it's too much it's like leave Mm -hmm. me out of this i don't want to i don't want anything to do with this um but i'm enjoying like looking at everyone else's tweets um and having a a fun time on there and then otherwise um We've had a couple weeks off of the hit or quit podcast that I do with Rob Sesternino. And but I think we'll be back this coming week um because uh Farmer Wants a Wife season two oh, is a thing. And we said <laughs> that sounds like something stupid we should do. Uh so follow hit or quit. Um and we will we will be back hopefully later this week with some silliness. Uh because we are silly like CT. So silly. Uh but this is really Billy fun. from Chili and Manili with the pocket bullet. Yes. Chili? No. Chili? I don't know. From from Manili with Chili? I don't know. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, this was really, really fun. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Of course. Thank you for joining us here today. And Scally, what else is going on in your world, our world, you traitor? uh, Anything I'm doing is on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash bscally. 
All right. We are still going at it strong with the challenge season currently airing battle for a new champion. Uh, So weekly recaps, of course, in this very podcast feed for that plus bonus uh, podcasts every week this week, rather than our usual uh, social media segment or uh, we usually have our bonus weekly episode. We check in on the challenge, social media, sometimes the traders, social media and any other shows that are currently relevant or we're watching. But we took a little bit of a break from that this week because you are getting a very fun draft that we did uh, just yesterday, actually, with Mike Bloom and Sasha joining us for a uh, draft talking about who will be on the challenge season 40. So a very fun draft that we did uh, that will be on the patron feed. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but that should drop uh, late Sunday night, early Sunday morning. So you can check that out if you are a patron, patreon.com slash the free agents podcast for access to all of those uh, bonus weekly podcasts, including drafts that you'll get much earlier than over on the main feed uh, access to the Facebook group that has began. You can come join the Facebook group and uh, Jenny's in that group. You can tell her uh, how much you enjoyed this podcast directly to her uh, in a way that so you're going to are... say like, tell her to F off. I no, like, no, oh, no, no, <laughs> <Not> unless you're <laughs> Sandra. Maybe I can't tell you what to do there, um, but you can do that uh, over in the Facebook group away from the crazy stand wars uh, that are happening on Twitter. So um, that's what we have going on here. I'm on Twitter at Matt Ligori. We're of course on Twitter at pod free agents to keep up with us with all the latest that is going on here on this feed. So thank you again to Jenny for joining us and we'll be back very soon with more challenge and traders coverage until then take care and we hope to see you in the future.